0: I'm an American
1: Welcome to the Liberty Moms podcast, Chris Kimball hosting today, and Liberty Moms are proud to be part of the Loving Liberty Network. We appreciate you taking time to listen in. Liberty Moms, of course, are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their their children, their families, and their communities. And uh, I'm excited to introduce my guest that we're going to be interviewing today, Liz Watt. I would... um, She's got a very interesting life story. She um was brought up in a polygamist um, environment, in a polygamist family. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that and get into what that was like and and how she was able to leave that um lifestyle. And then um, she's also a big, big advocate of natural health freedom. And uh we're gonna we'll we'll get into that. Discussion as well, so there's lots for us to talk about because um, just being involved in that particular lifestyle, that the polygamous lifestyle, but then being able to leave that and go on and and um, have a, a productive life, and because sometimes that's a tough area to get out of. So, Liz, um, thank you. We haven't had a chance to meet in person, but I'd had I've heard great things about you. I know that you have your own podcast
0: as well. And Liz, thank you for being my guest today. Oh well, well I'm I'm so glad that I'm able to be on here and talk about, you know, all these different types of discussions of how, you know, it really does relate back to freedom with most of our discussions that we come to, whether it's our health, our lifestyle, um, you know, children, all that type all of those types of things can relate back to our own individual freedoms and moms i know are the forefront of most of what drives our our society to be able to create that freedom environment i'm trying to remember the quote or who you know i'm
1: reading so many different things but they were talking about motherhood has been totally decimated by many people that want to destroy the family, right? And mm-hmm. so having children and um, the idea that you would just be a mom raising children is so demeaning in today's world, right? You're not being fulfilled if you're not doing something other than just raising children. And yet in a different time frame. People were able to realize that women are so critical because when you are put in charge of a child, an infant, and you have that ability to shape and frame their their thought process and how they see the world, and and um, whether they see the glass half full or half empty, and their optimism and and how they think and feel, and that's powerful when a woman is raising children and creating the next generation of thinkers and people that will be on this planet that's a powerful powerful um important role
0: that women have that has been totally demeaned right oh i totally agree with that you know our my path has taken me from yes i came from a polygamous family and there was a lot of Um, repression with that I you would say it's my family was different in the fact that we still lived in society but there was a lot of things because of the way that my parents decided to choose you know choose to live that the normal society really struggled with that but what I really feel though too is that I really want to make this um, known also is that we go through these struggles to help us so that later on we can help and bless and serve other people. And as a child, there was a lot of things I had to fight for. And I had to become strong in who I was. And there was a lot of um, you know, social discrimination and just a lot of repression that kind of happened. But That has now helped me become a better advocate for being a mom in so many different ways because I have I've learned how it how it is to be on that repressive side and how you have to fight. And I noticed like there was a lot of things that my parents had to fight for so that we could live a normal, be normal in in a normal, well, unnormal, in a normal society, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of experiences that I had that now make me a real strong advocate with if it's my children, if it's our health, it's how I want to live, it's, um, you know, um, religious things. I am able to have a, a, a ground that I can stand on now because I did have to fight so much when I was younger.
1: Okay, that's an, that's an important thing that we have to realize is that a lot of times we really end up in situations that are actually for our good. That's the dichotomy, right? You know, you go through the bad, but then it ends up being a blessing for you down the road. And um, were you brought up in, were you in a Utah environment in polygamy? Was it in the, in the Utah area or were you in a different state or?
0: No, we were here. We were here. We grew up in the Salt Lake Valley. Um, I actually grew up on the East bench in Sandy, Utah. Okay. Well, yeah, there used to be, was that part of the LeBaron or the? No, no, it's not. We were part of the Allred group, which is AUB. And when my parents decided that they wanted to live it, um, I, I was, I was I was actually born into it, so my parents were already married before I was even born. But my parents decided that they wanted to live it in a different way. They didn't want to be in the polygamous community and have the kids go to school at their at their school and things like that. They wanted to integrate us into a normal society, probably because both my parents didn't come from polygamous families. They decided that they wanted to live that later on. And so they were used to being in a normal society, dressing normally, um, living in just normal neighborhoods. And so we actually lived in a very nice neighborhood up on the East Bench. And my dad, he decided that, you know, one rule that he had is that, Every woman needs a home. And so we didn't live together. We all had separate homes. We had, um, you know, on the East Bench there, we had four separate homes up in the neighborhood. And so that, but one thing that is really hard about that is a lot of people will say, oh, well, you just grew up normally. You just grew up like with everyone else and went to all the regular, um, the schools and stuff. But one thing that's really hard is that when you grow up like that, you're the only one in the whole neighborhood like that. You're the only one that people say that they can't play with your kids or that you're not welcomed here or, you know, you're the talk of the neighborhood because that's just how we sometimes um, just, you know, that's just how we are. That's that's. Unfortunately, that's the downside of how a lot of people are is that they uh, really struggle with accepting and being able to show love. Now, I'm not saying that there wasn't people that did that because there was. And I also say that it's probably 80, 90 percent of the people treated us well. But it's that 10, 20% that don't, that seem to magnify huge in our life, especially when you're a child. And it's those things that you take as a child that you grow up thinking about yourself. And it's that overcoming that and realizing that those things that you went through were actually, like you talked about, a huge blessing in your life for later on. And so now I look back at those moments, and I am I am actually, um, I came to that moment of why me, to that moment of why did you choose me? Because it was, I have been able to come so much more stronger and be able to fight for, the things that I think are important in life because I had to do it so much.
1: Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. I, I was aware of some, yeah, some polygamists that weren't were like, I would call it like a compound or a, or mm-hmm. a, you know, living a, remotely away from the rest of the community. But so I would take it that your husband, you're not your husband, your father had four wives. Is that, Yes. Correct? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so how many many direct siblings between your mother and him and your
0: father that are through your mother? So our family was a little bit different because my dad had his first wife. They actually met in California, and they adopted three kids. And then they moved to Utah because they wanted to get into – that religion my dad was a convert to um the lds religion and so he wanted he he didn't he was the only member in his whole family so as he started to look into church history then he chose for himself that that's how he wanted to continue to live because he felt the only reason why it was stopped was because of political pressure and not because of religious reasons. That was just what he came to as his own conclusion. So they decided to move to Utah where they could continue. They wanted to start this practice. They ended up meeting a lady and ended up having a child with that relationship. She, after 18 months, decided it was just too hard. And so she left and... Then it was just my dad and his three kids and then one child that had moved to California with his mom. So my mom actually had had four kids, lived in St. George, got married really young to her husband there, ended up divorcing and coming up to Salt Lake area. Two of her siblings two of her sisters were living in the polygamous, um, you know, in the all red group and they introduced my mom to my dad. So then my mom was ended up to be now they got married and it was like the second wife. Okay. And so by this time, the first wife, her children were all teenagers. So, when we came in, my dad started and my mom started having kids and there was six kids that they ended up having. Well, when I was in a little bit later on, my, um, my dad ended up marrying his first wife's sister. Well, her youngest child was my age. And so they didn't have any more children. And then later on, he married someone else and her kids were out of the house too. So, Really, there's 14 kids all together, but that's basically um, my my mom had had 10, my dad had had 10, but together there was 14 kids. And so he didn't really go on to have other kids with this, the third and the fourth wife because their kids were already raised. So it wasn't like we had a whole bunch of like, you know, like 30, 40 kids that sometimes you hear about. Um, we still had a lot of kids in our family, but it wasn't um, you know, there was only 14 of us altogether. So out of
1: the um out of the fourteen, are there others besides yourself that decided
0: not to continue in that lifestyle? Every one of us have decided not to continue in the lifestyle. Okay, so all the children have,
1: and there was not a lot of um, pushback or
0: Um, Oh, there was, there was, especially when it came to me, because I was, um, I was raised from the very beginning in it. And so when it was time for me to get married, my dad really struggled. And I talk about that in my book, that My husband really, uh, me and my husband now, we've been married for 30 years. So we've been together for a long time. But for him to be able to to marry me, uh, it took a lot. Uh, My dad kept on telling him no. He actually banished him from the house because my dad really felt that if I was to marry my husband right now, that there's no way I would live polygamy. He was too strong in the LDS religion that there's no way that we would love polygamy. And so there was a huge pushback. And he um, told my husband that this is when we were dating. He was no longer able to date me. He was no longer able to come to my house. And so it was a a big pushback from him. Um, after much prayer of softening hearts and him being told multiple times, no, he finally um, he finally ended up telling him that he gave us our blessings. But I didn't know if he was going to even show up the day that we got married, but he did. So my mom was much more supportive. And I think because the way that I look at it is that my mom raised us kids because she was there with us all the time. She knew our needs. You know, my dad, since there was different houses, he was only at our house, you know, every eight days. Oh, okay. Two out of of eight days. So if you're not with your children that much, then you don't know what their needs are. You don't know what's important to them as much And my mom was very, very supportive of whatever decision I wanted to make. And she really liked my husband. And she knew that we were a good fit together. And he was a good man. But to where my dad wasn't there, he wasn't able to have that relationship. He didn't even know who um, Shane, who was my husband, who he was for two months. He didn't even know that I was even dating him. So, so, so Liz, did you meet him through school? Did you meet him in high school? Like, how did you meet Shane? So we, after high school, I ended up moving down to Utah County to go to, at the time it was UVCC, you know, now it's you know, UVU. And I always had, um, so when I was younger, there was a family that was down the street. And we probably should talk about this first. And they ended up befriending our family. And they he was a lawyer. And my dad became friends with him and asked him if my dad had his own successful business. And he asked if he could be his lawyer for his business. And so they... Got a really good relationship. Well, one day, one day, the father of this home asked if they could take us to church. And to where my dad was friends with him and trusted him, he said, yes, you can, you can. And so almost every Sunday, their family would show up at our house and whoever wanted to go to church would be able to go and um my dad he would ask this this gentleman did my kids go to church this week because they would have a close they had a close relationship and if it was no then my dad would come to the house and say why didn't you go to church today (laughs) and um sometimes we would go out to the the polygamist um church but most the time I, because it was just in the neighborhood and had somebody that was picking me up would take us to church. And so. Was this the uh, the Mormon church then? The local? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So they would take us there to that church. And so, but they had a rule. And that you could not get baptized if you were in a polygamous family. You couldn't become a member. And so. The only way that you could become a member is if you were 18 and moved out of the house. And so both me and my sister, we decided that when we were older that we were going to move out and just decide if that's the path that we wanted to take. And so um, I I moved I ended up moving down to Utah County, going to school at UVU. And that's where I met my husband there, was at the Institute building there. And he, we just ended up talking one day and ended up, then we just started dating. So that's how we got together. Okay. So you have
1: a really, uh, a different experience. I mean, you're, you're exposed to polygamy because of, the lifestyle that you're living with your your dad and his wives, but yet you're integrated enough into society that for you to exit that lifestyle, it's not as um, well. I don't want to give uh, a judgment on it, but it doesn't seem to be as uh, stressful or daunting as it is for. Young women that grow up and are totally controlled and manipulated through their school system And and they're not part of the regular society and and they're kind of like at very young ages like 13 and 14 you're gonna start marrying, you know,
0: yeah You at least did not have to go through that. No, I did not have to go through that and um, there's not saying that I didn't struggle with a lot of things because as a child, little things are actually really big. And so you have to, uh, I struggled a lot with the emotional side of it. And that actually continued for quite a while of feeling feeling like you are not accepted, that you don't belong, that there's not a place for you. Because it's like you, you don't belong in regular society, but yet you don't belong on the other spectrum too, of, of just of being in a, a polygamous compound either, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just that you go through different issues. You go through different struggles then, and it's, yeah, it's not the same, but it's your own struggles that you have to go through. But yes, I was able to be integrated with with society, but it did come with a lot of hardship, too, being Yeah, yeah I'm not saying
1: it was easy because I hate that's why I hate to say, oh, you had it easier than because it's not going to be easy when everything that you know is 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 different. and 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 again, you've gone through these situations where you've had that ten percent of people that were around you that put their judgment or or, their crap on you you know and you have to live and process that right mm-hmm. yeah. so okay well we are okay I'm I'm chatting today with Liz Watt and uh, we're talking about her upbringing in a polygamist environment in a polygamist family and we've got more to talk about after our short break here on the Liberty Moms podcast so please stay with us we'll be right back Welcome back to the Liberty Moms podcast. Chris Kimball talking today with Liz Watts. We've had an ex- an interesting fascinating discussion in her childhood. She grew up in a polygamist family and was able to leave that lifestyle. She doesn't live that lifestyle today, but um Liz, in the first segment, you were talking about, I'm kind of excited because you're my first real life person that I can actually, ask this question to because in the LDS church, they have this policy and originally it was um, really to deal with polygamy where um, any children under the age of 18 that were living in a polygamous home could not be baptized into the Mormon church. Correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. And, and then, um, about four or five years ago, they, um, had another policy that extended that into um LGBTQ families. And there was a huge backlash. Mm-hmm. And then they reversed that policy for them, but they didn't reverse it for the polygamists.
0: And you know, um even to this day, because I just I have a third one, my third child is on a mission in Colombia right now for serving for the church. And I was putting in his application to BYU. And there's even a question on there right now that asks if you are affiliated with a polygamist group. And I just thought that that was to single that out. um, You know, I'm not going to sit there and say how the policies because policies can always change. It's, you know, the doctrine's the same. The policies change all the time. And I'm not going to tell them what policies that they should have in place and not. I am just saying that that needs to be the same for the whole platform. It, Never it, you- yes, there needs to be consistency because otherwise you're discriminating. Yes, and I really feel that, you know, there's a lot of people that do live poly- polygamy that most people that live polygamy, if you're not doing it for religious reasons, and I talk a lot about this in my book, the jealousy will get you. It will take you down because you cannot live it unless you are doing it for a higher purpose, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. There's two, we're too human to be able to live that lifestyle if it's not for a, a bigger higher purpose and so um most of the people that are living that way are very religious and are very conservative and really believe in individual freedom and things like that too and so It's just, it was a really hard, um, that actually was a really hard moment for me when I was like, I had to go through so much. It wasn't just 18 and being out of the house to, to be able to become a member of the church. It was, I had to have so many interviews and I tell the story about it in my book because it was such a huge time in my life of. I didn't even know if I would even be able to become a member because I came from a polygamous family. It was that much that I had to go through. And I don't know if for sure, if before, if I would have realized the path that I would have had to take to become a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't know for sure at that time if I would uh, would have done it because it's a lot more than what people even know. Okay, so this is some interesting input because, or
1: revelation for me, because I wasn't aware that there was yeah, these hoops that you had to jump through. It wasn't just, hey, I, I want to come to Christ and I want to be a member of His church, right? Um, so there must be some um, they've got this stigma that they're still, you know, trying to release themselves from, from their history that they are overly sensitive to you know the idea that oh my gosh you know we don't where anyway it's that's just very interesting now the question i have is as a young girl when you were going to church and you were told you had to wait did that make sense
0: to you? Uh, was that okay thinking? No, I didn't quite understand. Um, as you start to get older, and like as my siblings went to, to church, I, you know all my brothers, by the time they got to be 12, they quit going because they couldn't hold the priesthood. And there was definitely a a a division, I guess you would say, because you could see who is able to pass sacrament, who's not, who's able to do, you know, just the different duties of the priesthood duties at 12 years old at that time. And so they quit going with the, with the women, there's not as much of a, of a separation. And so I actually walked into the bishop's office and just asked if I could get baptized. And he was like, no, you can't get baptized. And I didn't quite understand that because I was like, my parents, my mom said I I can, you know, because my mom said I I could. We didn't talk to my dad about it, but my mom said that I could, and um, and so I just I didn't know that I couldn't. It wasn't so, until he told me that that there that I can't until I'm 18 and moved out of the house. Yeah. See, I I could see
1: I you know I you know I'm always looking at what's the principle behind this, you know, what's you know, and so I could see where the church wouldn't want to undermine the parents because Mm -hmm. the parents are still the parents. They're the legal, they're the the God has given them the mantle of being mother-father and having a say in what um what the child happens to the child. But But if the parents were willing, you know, and your mom at least was, your mom was aware, we don't know what your dad would have done. Um, But if the parents are willing, see, I don't see a problem with that.
0: Well, and, you know, and living that way, I will tell you after going through the whole process, I understand the reasoning behind that, that role. I do, I do understand it. Um, And that is because, when you are hearing different things being said at church and uh, you don't want that to conflict with your family relationship. Right. Okay. I agree. And, and, and so like that is why I say with all platforms, it probably should be that role too. And it, it shouldn't be a cherry pick of different, of different, you know, circumstances. It should be that, you know what, what, the because the the church their main focus is on the family, and they don't want to disturb the family. Mm-hmm. And when they're hearing and being taught different things at church, and they feel like then to where they are a member and they have to abide by that, it can be cause a lot of conflict within the home. Right. And so I really I uh, going through that whole prop- process. I do see the understanding of it and that it was probably like that probably is the best choice to be able to do that. But it was a very hard situation to live through, though, too.
1: Yeah. As a child, it might be hard to process it. But see, overall, that that is kind of especially with the uh, when they came out with the LGBTQ, I thought, oh, that makes perfect sense because you've got this child going to church and learning about God and his creation and how he created families to be one uh, mother and a father and, you know, all of this. And then they go home and they've got two dads or two moms. And it's mm-hmm. a, it's like, or where you, in your situation, you've got three moms or, or whatever, your own personal mom plus sister wives. But, mm-hmm. but I could see where, okay, there's definitely, you know, this, um, it's contrary to what they're hearing all the time, daily. You know, yeah, their living is totally or what they're experiencing because they're just experiencing it that as a child. They're not necessarily doing that. But I could it it made sense to me. And when there was such a backlash, and I thought, it makes total sense and it should be the same for all groups that are practicing a lifestyle that is that
0: is different than what is just taught in the Bible, you know. Well, and even like to where they hold true to the proclamation of the family, then that is, you know, if it, because these are all policies and policies can change, but what they do hold strong to is the proclamation of the family. And so if that is something they hold strong to and they're making policies, then it should go with the policies of that. But you know, of course, they have their own reasonings and their own insights, um, and sometimes we just don't understand that. But one thing I've also have learned is that it really was a blessing for me to have to go through what I had to do um, to be able to fight for that. Not only do I have stories now that can connect with people but that made me have a stronger conversion to what I believe in, what I wanted to have. And so I, I really want to focus on that too, that um, sometimes like, you know, I have, I've had three sons on, on missions, you know, and, and a lot of times it's like, Hey, you want to get baptized, <laughs> you know, two weeks later, let's get you baptized, whatever. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> One thing that they talk about is that if you don't have that strong conversion, it's really easy to leave. Then they can get, um, you know, my son right now is in Columbia and he said that there's so many people that get offended over the littlest things and then they'll leave because of being offended of not, you know, when we talk about policy stuff, right. But if they can get that strong foundation of really trying hard for something. And I'm not saying that this isn't for everyone. Like, you know, there is some people that really have to fight hard for it. And, but if you do that, then that's going to set you up for later on being able to be so strong in who you are and your values that you hold. And, um, just basically, um, coming up as the person that you are intended to be. So on the break, we talked
1: very quickly about some of the good things that you were exposed to in your environment of living in this lifestyle of polygamy that actually carried with you forward and has kind of directed your um, life mission. I guess you would say in in being an advocate for natural health. And so, what were some of the things that you um, experienced at home in that lifestyle, but yet you influenced you into
0: the mom you are today and, and how you raise your children. So when I was born, I was actually born at home and we were not um, vaccinated. We really didn't go to the doctors that much. And we just basically lived a natural kind of a lifestyle. Um, and so when I got older, And my husband, he actually decided to go to chiropractic school. And so we were married at the time, and I helped him get through chiropractic school. And also, when you are a chiropractor, especially, you know, 30 years ago, there was a lot of people that just called you quacks, you know, and they didn't believe in you. And my husband would always say, well, you don't need to believe in me because I'm not a religion, (laughs) you know, but I was all... I was already felt like for so many years, for so long that I was that kind of a crazy person. You know, I was always on the outside of things. I was never in the middle of being a normal person. So when I got married and my husband decided to be a chiropractor, that's kind of like at that time, it's kind of like you were on the fringe, you know, and here we're going to be living a whole lifestyle of on the fringe. Well, then that took us down. You know, my husband didn't even have to talk to me about do you want to have your children at home because I was already born at home and my mom had all of these kids at home and so I was used to that like that was and then when it came to like the vaccination issue do you, you know he didn't even have to push me on that because I was my mom at the time it was like okay well what does she need to get into kindergarten and we'll do it when she's in kindergarten you know and my husband has always been you know you can choose however you want to you know with your children if you want to vaccinate or not but he just advised to wait till they're two because then their bodies can be stronger and then you can decide and there's so many that you can decide that if you want to have it or not have it and and anyways all of that stuff took me to where i am now and to be able to have that advocacy of we are in charge of our own bodies. And we need to figure out what these options are and not give our power away to just to the medical field. We have to decide, you know, is that what we want to have in our life or do we want to look for natural approaches out there? And I feel that when we start to take that into our life of looking for these natural approaches, I think our minds are opened up because everything that we need to heal in this to heal our body is actually out there in a natural form. We just need to figure out what that is. And our bodies were created to heal. We just need to figure out what that path is. And through that learning and understanding is what opens our mind to be able to feel like we are more empowered to make our choices. Because for so many years, we've given it away to to drugs and to the medical fields. And now, you know, I'm not, I don't want to dis on them on everything because there's multiple things that we have had to experience, you know, with my, my three oldest kids have had seven ACL surgeries. Now, mm-hmm. if I, um, I, I, there, there's some things that you just, and we have to be grateful for the, the medical industry to be able to provide that. But one thing that's different is that when you start to look at realizing that there's other options out there, then you step outside of the box and you start to look for what is it we can do and um, what is it that we can do different to have a better outcome. And we actually ended up sending our three boys to New Zealand to a different doctor that was there. And that was just because we had we stepped outside of the box. We took control of our own health and we decided what was the best situation for our for our children. And sometimes we get in these in these medical insurance modes and we think we have to stay there. But we don't. We can look for other options out there. They do they do lock you into that, that
1: insurance. Is like, nope, you you stay in this box. This is where we want you. You Yes, and
0: if you realize it, you can actually step outside of that box. Mm -hmm. And you can look for other options. And that's why, like right now, we put on the largest natural health conference in Utah called Be Healthy Utah. And you can find it at BeHealthyUtah.com. We have 35 speakers that come all on different topics on natural health. We have 150 vendors and we it's it's all about providing a platform where people can get out of the insurance mode, take control of their own health and look to see what is the best options, because if we don't know what those options are, then we cannot be empowered to make those decisions. Exactly. You know, it's I want to go back to your home birth
1: because i'm a big advocate if if women are wanting to go down that road and obviously it's a decision that they have to you know has mom and dad have to feel good and comfortable because it's a team it's a team effort those home births right yes it is but uh it's really interesting because we have such a high infant mortality rate in our hospitals compared to other industrialized nations, like we're, I think we're like 30th, like as far as morta- uh, infant mortality on at birth. And it's like, they're in hospitals, but what's happening? There's something about that care that's being given in the hospitals that is really detrimental to our, our children, you know? Well, and
0: you know, everyone has different situations that they're faced with, but One thing is, is that if you go in, I had a sister that decided to have her children in the hospital, but she did a natural and she had, and I actually did that with my very first child because I didn't know how my body would react. I had my first baby in the hospital, but you know, the thing is, is when you get there, you have to know what your options are and you have to educate yourself on what those options are are because otherwise it's kind of like you're just put in a system and you have to follow these protocols as you go through the system. And mm-hmm. if you don't meet those protocols, then they make their the decisions for you. And so if you choose to ha- to go that route, that's totally fine. But you have to know what the options are it, with everything that can that can come up during the process. Right. And and you know, I personally feel that sometimes these interventions are put in way too soon. Um, and that could lead to it at home. When you're having it at home, there's not a timetable. There is what is your body doing right now and what is the next step? Or, you know, let's just let's just wait and see what your body does. And um You know, and it's different for everybody. And I don't want somebody to be that if they decide to have it at home, but yet their body isn't equipped to have that too. So it's really good we have both options. Right. But when we take control of our own health, then we can decide what those best options are for each of us. Yeah, everyone has to be totally
1: comfortable with what they're doing. But if you are choosing to go into that that healthcare system that we have, then you need to know before you walk in the door what what kind of a birth plan do you want and how do you want your child to be cared for. Do you want your child with you all the time? Because um, they'll try and separate your baby as much yep. as they can.
0: <laughs> from and you. also there's, like, you know, vaccinations right at the beginning that they're going yes. to give the child. And, you know, there's some vaccinations that they give that won't even affect um, let's say that these chi- these children will be even exposed to, depending on the lifestyle of the parents. Right, the B vaccine, for example, on the first yes. day of birth, that's a sexually transmitted disease. And so it, if the parents feel like that they might be carrying it, then of course, but why give that to your child when they're so young? And so there's just a lot of those things that some of these parents don't even realize. Yeah. They don't even know. And if you choose to do that, that's fine because that is your health freedom, right? Mm-hmm. But you—it shouldn't be where you go in there. They take the child, they do whatever they want to do with the child. They separate them from the parents, all of that stuff, and not be able to have it to where the parent can make that 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 choice because they were educated in it, in it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I recommend anybody that's going to make that choice of being in the hospital to make sure that you get educated up front, get get an advocate to help walk you through everything that the hospital um, really requires. They have their own little protocol, Mm -hmm. you know, with drops, with K2, your vitamin K shot, all of that stuff. So, But Liz, we want to recap in our last final minutes. There's some information we want to make sure our listeners get. You have a book that will be coming out, and it is called Becoming Me, A A Polygamous Girl's Journey. Is that right? Yes. uh Uh-huh. Okay. So that's not, it's in, it's at at the publisher right now, but um, that will be coming out. So that's going to go into your whole story, which should be a fascinating read. And then coming up April
0: 21st and 22nd is your um, Be Healthy Expo. Right. Yeah, be healthy Utah conference. Yeah. yeah, and you can come like we just talked about all the natural health stuff. This is where you need to come and learn. Thirty-five speakers. Where do you find doctors that are in natural health? This is where you find them at. Right. So
1: um dot com is where you can go and learn more about the conference, and you can also learn. Um, well, you can go ahead and get your tickets because there's early bird. Mm-hmm. It looked yeah. like when I was on the website. Yeah. So um Liz it's been a really great discussion. Thank you for being my guest today and I wish you the best going forward. Oh thank you. It was a pleasure being on today. All right. This is it for the Liberty Moms podcast. Thanks for listening in.